Another guest laugh at the intro music. We're gonna have to get a. I don't know. We have to get a name for the intro music. Maybe Norbert, or maybe something like that. But we have a regatta going today, which is different. So we're like on the water. Yeah. And no. So Greg's off at cheap trick because we don't want him to fall in. Or you know, drummers. Right. Drummers aren't bumbles. They don't bounce. <laughs> so, but we're sort of stuck in entropy here. So luckily, we have an architect up with us. It's Eric Patrick. Hey. How's but actually, doing? one thing I got to start with totally unrelated because it's carnival kind of randomness is I've been watching the whole Paper Chase uh, series. And the, oh, the, the, with the old we earn it yeah. with John House. But I saw the movie. But it's one of those things where it's like. How you relate, it just reminds me of my college days so much yeah. in a lot of ways. And I always, those are the kind of No one under the age of 45 has any idea what we're talking about. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> John Hausman, is a, he was like a theater director. Or the, he never yeah. really, he's the guy you probably saw from the Smiths, Barney. We earn it. Once again, probably yeah. not. <laughs> well, I, I remember that. We're them. teaching you here. Yes. You can learn. Go, look on, go to your local library and look up John Hausman. You could just picture him saying, we're in, but he, it's, like, it's supposed to be at an Ivy League East Coast college. You're thinking yeah. the movie might have been Harvard. But it's about like a first-year law professor who's well-known as like this mm-hmm. sort of living legend. Yeah, and he's the stuffy old man. Yeah, you know, but he's one of those guys. I just sort of those are the kind of teachers I found I really liked, though. That when you met him at first, they were so intimidating, it scared the heck out of you. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember Father Cavan, our English prof, you'd be a class without questions is a questionable class, <laughs> and that was when he would say stuff like that. But yeah. when you got to know them, but he would always like when he would grade your paper, he would say like whatever he put down, like, say, if you do it again, you get an F. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was always I was always uh, buddying up with social studies teachers, I think, and English teachers occasionally, but mostly social studies teachers. And when I look back now, their, their politics were questionable. Thankfully, <laughs> they kept. Not always. Okay, at least the ones like, like my but professor. I was, you know, they kept, like, what I know. you know, and I, but I remember, like, my professor, Dr. Harmon, poli and he's, he, like, goes through, like, there's this one professor who's sort of a legend, Dr. McLaughlin, who's passed away, unfortunately. He's a philosophy professor, but he was, like, one of those guys. You would never, you could be, like, Mensa 190, and you would get, like, a D. And he goes, he goes, he goes, you know, we used to say hi to him in the hall, and he would, Real pleasant. He would walk to school. He lived across the street. The doctor goes, you don't want to take class. Uh, the best story I have about a professor was uh, from, like, second year of college, and I was taking, like, an English composition or some class that I needed for some reason. And this, uh, you know, middle-aged guy at the time, uh, you know, smoked like a chimney, uh, wore this. He looked like... You know, he was, you know, it was a, it was a two-year school, so it's a, you know, community college, so uh, he's, but he he comes in, sits down, doesn't even look at the class, sets his stuff down, he's got, you know, the brown uh, blazer on, you know, the, the, like, it's like the professor's outfit, like a pair of jeans, and it's just like, so my kid came home with these G.I. Joe action figures, and like, you put them under water, and they fill up with water, and then shoot water at each other. They're like 
eco-warriors or whatever. I don't know what the hell's up with that. That was his introduction to the class was talking about some weird G.I. Joe action figures. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, like, this is a burnout old hippie. But there were a few. Here. There was like Colin Lindsay, <laughs> who I think he's in, I think he's in Seattle now. He comes in. I mean, he can now, this, this young English guy comes and he sits at the desk and he's like this. I'm like, this guy's got to get out of the desk when the teacher comes. He, he looks up, he goes, he looks up and he goes, man, I had a rough weekend. <laughs> was, was prof- and my other one was my favorite Marxist of all time, Dr. John Roach. Yeah. I would love to find him if he's around just to say hi. But you would go to his office, you knock at his door. You hear coffee. Yeah. He's like, wait a second, and you see him fanning. <laughs> but I like thinking there's... Blow, but blow there's a, out the window. But then one of the funny ones, like, we had, we took the psychology class, the professor's talking to my friend Rob, and he's, he's like, oh, he's, like, really quiet. And he's like, make sure when you bring it, just bring it in a paper bag. Don't show anyone. And I'm looking. And Rob looks at me. Now, <laughs> Rob worked at... Nobody would guess this in a million years. Rob worked at McDonald's. He collected those Happy Meal figures. He fucked up on you. But I still, I had like the ones, but I really liked, like, even in grad schools, I had like a handful of them who they really cared. I mean, they were all eccentric. One of them was like a Monty Python character. But they really, like, that's what I really enjoyed about that instead of a bigger school. Is it was like they really yeah. knew you and they were tough on you, but then you realized, like, how they're really cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, they're, you know, I've had teachers even in high school that were closer to my age. You know, one of my, I have a good friend who taught my English, my senior English class. Wasn't it weird in high school though? You would think they were like 90 and they're probably like not even 30 some of them because <laughs> we're like younger how it goes. Yeah, you become more aware of what the actual difference in age is when you start like becoming an adult. When you're little, like everyone is old. Yeah. You know. Now, now all the people my age are old, and I. <laughs> well, John Mulaney has that bit about how when he was ten years old, he had a babysitter that he thought was like twenty three, and it turns out she was thirteen. I had, the, <laughs> I had like, the one. So I like I've been just doing get to the phone slightly what faster I've been doing, than I. Like I'm going to the library in Greece. I go, I'll go for a walk. You can get a good two hours, right? Yeah. So I'm down off Wada, and I'm like, go walking. This is, this this truck pulls up. Is like goes Schwartzy, how's it going? How's it going? I have no idea. I'm looking and I go, God, who's that old goat? Then I go, Wait a second, he was in my high school class. Yeah, no, it's weird how everyone, uh, everyone I went to school with, got into a time machine and jumped ahead like 20 years. Yeah. And I'm exactly the same. So yes, see, I know we're both eternally 29. Yes, but yeah. We're gonna, you know, as always, it's the carnival, especially we have Patrick who could actually talk about all this stuff that Greg can't. <laughs> well, Greg can't, and, actually, and I, can, I can't talk about half of the stuff that Greg. Actually, can. we talked about we did, actually, we did, we've, we've talked about a lot. Well, of, we did this. He's the drummer. I have to pick on him. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but we did a Superman show last week. Remember there was a Superman the musical in the 70s? Yeah, I vaguely remember that. But yeah. we did because it was his 85th anniversary. Oh. But there's one thing, you know, we get to, of course, the main topic. But one thing I have to touch on, because you were in it, but the whale, just because you yeah, starred. Yeah. And I remember, now, I could watch what you did. It. Honestly, I finally saw it. I was physically ill. I couldn't, could, like, watch. get through. It's purposefully, I mean, it's it purposely uh, hard to watch. And it, it, no, real hard. Yeah, and, and that's that, the whole thing. And, and you know, I... It got a lot of criticism, and a lot of people really didn't like it for a number of reasons. Um, you know, it's like if they, you know, if they didn't like the writing, you know, it's fine. 
you know, it's it's a very earnest thing. Like it's it, the the play is it just it's very there's no subtext. It just is what it is. Well, I mean, there is. I mean, everything's kind of a metaphor, but at the same time, everything's in front of your face and it's unpleasant. And, you know, the you know, but no matter the one thing that nobody seems to knock is Brendan Fraser's performance. Yeah. It was incredible. Um, and the prosthetics were amazing. They looked really real and they were necessary. Uh, and you know, there's, you don't find a lot of actors who are that, uh, dangerously obese. No, (laughs) because, yeah, because, uh, they're probably uninsurable, but, uh, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a fat guy and I am, you know, I just, it's, I, I love body positivity and, and, you know, I, I, I get just as annoyed when people just, you know, you get that whole, like, I just want you to be healthy thing. And I'm like, you know, but there are dangerous, there are still dangerous levels of, of, of obesity. It's, it's, it's like me. Yeah. You know, I'm the only one you're who over 600 pounds. You should, you, it's going to get you. You know. I am the only one who will pick nits, and I've always had, like, struggles with weight my whole life, yeah. and stress and everything. It's nothing about the – I'm going to pick nits, but this is just me. The Moby Dick stuff, the one thing he says is he didn't want to finish the novel because he didn't want to end. He kept going because they paid you by the page. That's why yeah, – that's no, why yeah. – there's all – if you read – and I've yeah. read Moby Dick. Yeah. I never will criticize It was something. a serialized but story. It was, you, if you read Moby Dick, yeah. it's like over 600 pages. All of a sudden in the middle, they all vanish. Yeah. It's a dissertation of the beauty of killing whales. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. This propaganda, oh, they'll never go extinct. We'll, and you're wondering, why did he do that? Because they were getting paid by the page, so he wanted to extend it. <laughs> it was serialized. So that's just picking nits, though. I mean, no, yeah, yeah, are, yeah. You know, most people are going to just be – I have to just find the weirdest thing to criticize. Yeah. But, well, it's you know people you know I think it was the on the nose kind of allegory, but at the same time it's 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 like I said it's very earnest. It's more about obsession yeah. though too, like yeah. Moby Dick. Being yeah, a, I'm being a dick stuff about this. Like, how did you get like I'm, I saw you I saw the play you were excellent of course. Oh, thank you. But uh, and actually. You're excellent because I can actually vaguely all the stuff I see I can remember it. I was telling MJ. Yeah, I was, I was was surprised at how much I was surprised at how much of a direct adaptation it was. But there were some things. How much was how was the reaction? Did people come up to you and like say, "What did anybody you touch anybody?" Like how they were like, "Oh, this is really sad." Or probably I don't. (laughs) I I, yeah, probably of course they did. No, I mean it's. It was weird. It was a weird time. That was a obviously. I don't remember what year that was. I know uh, it was. well, it's quite a bit ago. 2015. I want to say 2015. Whatever. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, while the show is going on, I, I don't – I remember performances, but I don't remember a lot around See, it. that's it was thing. So, that's how it, it goes. It was such a huge all-encompassing Everything. thing. I haven't done anything like that intense since. Um, but, yeah, no, I do I do recall some conversations I had with people about – about the show and, and how it how it connected with it. And him. I think there's like a tragic with like there's always a tragedy. It's like Aronofsky loves to do like with the wrestler. And yeah, yeah. Where there's a doom the character whose tragic flaw is going to get him. Right. Because like with the wrestler, he basically he could find happiness, but it's just his demons won't let him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he you know he's he's not known for like taking an easy track with pretty with most of his films and he's also not shy 
Uh, he's not shy about doing films that critics hate or people don't understand, he's or great. he will still make them and they'll still be beautiful one way or another. And uh, a lot of you, one the the biggest negative I was getting consistently from people was about Sadie Sink's performance as the daughter, and I thought she was great. No, and I think I thought she was great. And the character is the character is purposely detestable. Yeah, because too you're going to be bitter. Your dad left you. You're going to be having these. You know, you oh I love you. No, I just want to be here for my inheritance. But just the reactions people had to the character, I just I didn't find her as horrible as everyone else did. And I I I knew the character better than most people just watching the movie. You know. But when we have an expert on this subject who actually played the character, we need to uh, milk his brain and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just – it's just uh, he chose his way to go out and the only thing he needed to do uh, before he left was to just reconnect. Yeah, a bit of redemption. Just and that, and that's it. And, you know, it, it's it's controversial, you know, because whenever you're dealing with – a subject of uh, someone choosing to end their own life, you know, it, it, it's it's going to be, you know, and, and it, it, it's a, a rough way to do it because there's no, you know, it's not like, it's not like, you know, taking a bunch of pills or jumping off the roof. It's like, you don't know, it's going to happen. You just know when, and everyone's trying to help you, you know, <laughs> and you just, you know, you don't want it. But uh, anyway, yeah. yeah, but so, that's, yeah. so we're starting off with a really bright note. Yes, but I actually have so like one movie I'll never watch again. Is I I love the movie too. It's Once for Warriors, but I got like physically ill again watching it the last. That time. one, yeah, I I <laughs> I, I hadn't watched I it in a while. It. It's one of those. But I, then when I watched it again, I was like, okay, I just can't. I, I knew what I a meant, rough ride that yeah, movie I knew, was, but I, I didn't realize what a rough ride it was. Yeah, but I, now more positive stuff. After yeah, making uh, you think and learn as we yes. try to do before we get silly. But, you know, go watch a fart video after this online if you want to cheer you up. Yeah. <laughs> but now your show, you just finished your first season of Architects of Amphibia, did you? Yes, yeah. My, uh, my seeing the title right. Pod, yeah, awesome. Architects <laughs> of, yeah, it's just, it, it's really, it flows off the tongue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the podcast called Architects. See, I, I, I said say it. it. I yeah. said it. <laughs> it's early. Architects of Entropy. We're on the water. Paddling. Yes. Yeah, we're, yeah, I think looking out for ducks. Um. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's a actual play podcast where we play tabletop role playing games. Um, the first season is a full campaign of Dungeons and Dragons, and the hook with our particular actual play is that it's a collaborative world building uh, exercise. So it's myself as the uh, game master and the players are all responsible for creating the world that we're playing in. Uh, And we, the idea is we will do, you know, seasons where we're playing different games and different settings and coming up with, you know, our own ideas of of how everything works. So um, the first season was, uh, it's been entitled The Heroes of Ayamora. It's, a uh, high fantasy story set in a world that we created with, you know, elves and dragons and, uh, you know, all that, all that sort of fantasy stuff, but our own kind of weird bent on it with some, you know, unique uh, species and, uh, you know, overarching story of uh, uh, battling this great evil. Was it organic? Like, did you start off like, 
thin idea of what was going on, or was it like sort of more structured? We just went whatever way all of a sudden. It's like, so, wow, we'll go this way. Yeah, what we did was we actually we actually sat down with like a big hex map, and we plotted out like this continent, and it wound up being way bigger than it should have been. But you know, we had no idea where to start. Uh, and we were doing it kind of like a mini game in of itself. The only thing I, the only thing I wish we had been able to record that, but I don't know how much fun it would have been for people to listen to. Uh, but it took place over like hours, and we basically went through like a few thousand years of history, like putting first putting uh, locations on you. Here's some mountains. Here's rivers. Here's a swamp. Here's another swamp. Here's another too many swamps. Um, that's the only thing we did, uh, and then. Uh, we we said okay where what do we where do we want to start um, you know so we had like a, a history of this place so we knew uh, when these uh, people uh, were discovered or or, or, or created and uh, events up till the point in history of like we were coming off like a period of conflict where there were a bunch of wars and we just had uh, it was first three characters and when we had someone join later on starting in this big city and it just went from there uh and it it literally was uh i just was taking the history and places and things that we uh, all of us created and then making a story and initially it was just i had no idea what it was going to be or what direction it went i just had here's three or four things in the city let's see what they do and it wound up being this whole thing where they follow this uh, amorphous being controlling things from behind the scenes, um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's the first and season. Have, and like, it's all available. Is it the set cast? Do you have do you have like rope people who come in, or it, it's a set cast? Um, it's a set cast, but there are uh, we do have guests coming in. We've had you know, um, if anybody has played a tabletop role playing game with any frequency, you know that your players are not always available when you need them. You need Frank to bring his death wish. His death wish. <laughs> Have you heard about this? No. So it is, is, oh, and by the way, our cheers to our good pal Tommy, who just got married. A week yeah, ago. congratulations, Tommy. That's Yay. awesome. But so that's why he couldn't be here today. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> understandable. No. No priorities. <laughs> but so, really great band, Frankson, right now. My good friends, Eric Witkowski, Neil, Nia Shea, she's been on uh, The Living Room. The living, but there's yeah, this yeah. one thing where I told Nia, you pierced my ears on that scream. And she <laughs> said, it wasn't me, it was Frank. Frank's got this thing, it's called the Mayan Death Whistle. And he's like this, it's like... <laughs> oh yeah! Scream. I've heard of those. Yeah, but yeah. The best yeah. was like we played Abilene. He wore Daisy Dukes. Of course he did. And I want him to be the centerfold of our calendar. But he's this uh, Mayan yeah. death, and he's showing it to people, and it's weird. It's just this little thing. Oh yeah, no, it's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible loud. But you sound. could have him as like a like a cameo. Okay, be the monster. Yeah, <laughs> stand way over there because it will blow out the. Microphone. Well, he stands. That's why I think they shove him in the back. Yeah, because any doubt. pictures I have of like the band, you never see him because no, like, he's always in off in the shadows. He's a <laughs> keyboardist, right? He, yeah. yeah, he's he's always kind of off in the corner. <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah. Now, for your show, I mean, you could pick this wacky show up anywhere you want. You know, maybe it might be dated if somebody had a gig and we're promoting it. But yeah, but now if we were going to jump in, how do you get involved with yours? Because you have a story. Yes, absolutely. So um, the good news is it's being an audio podcast. Uh, You can find it anywhere you can get podcasts. Just just look up Architects of Entropy. 
uh, and uh, you will find there are like 60 plus episodes. The, the main story is 57 episodes, and then there's some world building specials we did uh, when while we were going. We we found some places that we wanted to kind of dig deeper on. Um, and uh, but if you just want to follow the story, uh, just episode one through episode 57, um, there that's the main story. Those are now season one. Uh, it's a, yeah, and it's a complete story. There's, there's arcs of it. Like the first like 24, 25 episodes are an arc. And then, you know, it, it goes in like little chunks after that. They start in one place and they go to another place. Then they go to another, they, they go to three different places where they have, you know, following this whole thing. And they ended in this big giant swamp, uh, which, uh, was more of a, of a, it was it wasn't how I imagined it ending, but it was a really cool ending because you know it, it just evolved organically and followed uh, not just the the story, but actually you know I, I I asked them what places that they had created that they want us to go to, and then I just followed that. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. The cast is uh, M J Savistano, who we all know. Uh, who could play anything, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Kevin Chaba, who's another uh, DVC regular. Um, my friend Rick Thompson, who uh, is uh, one of the few people I know who has never done theater, uh, but is a longtime role player, uh, game master, and like a real, like, he's into all different kinds of games. Um, and then we brought in, we had some guests, we had guests coming in and out here and there and the regular first regular guest we had was my friend Scott Colbranson who was from Rochester and was our game master for years and years and he's a brilliant writer and uh I brought him in as a side character that we would I would bring in whenever I you know whenever I was low on people I just needed to inject some uh, certain brand of insanity into it and then about halfway through the series he became a series regular with a character uh, that he played a very um, a, uh, a bandit turned turned a road knight uh, who and and I really feel like the show really kind of became something when he joined because he injected a kind of a a lot more of a of a a lot you know I mean a lot of humor into the show but also just you know uh, just a, an energy um, that I think we kind of needed uh, but you know. Yeah, it, it it's and uh, yeah. I think it evolves. That's the thing. I ramble. That's the thing about it. That's why you're good for this show. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing about all these too. It's like when this started out, it wasn't so hot. You learn as you go, mm -hmm. and yeah. it evolves. And I hope you don't look back. Go, wow, that one was. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's always. But it's your fifteenth episode your first should episode be better time. than the first episode in a way. Not better, but you just like you going and like more comfortable and. Yeah. So and now that, it's coming up with season two. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, well, one thing. Just one more go thing. On. I want to add that I forgot to say. Yeah, I'm always so. It's one more thing. Um, one more thing. <laughs> yeah. Also, I have I have pretty severe ADD, so it, uh, it, I, I really easily off track. So we but have a, we have ADD and OCD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the other thing that that is very important to me about it is listenability. Uh, this is why I I do I edit the shows um, so. It, they flow better than just your average role-playing game where there's a lot of side chat and and distractions and things and looking up rules. So I, uh, I usually edit episodes from like an hour and a half down to about an hour 
and mostly it's cutting a lot of me talking and put, throwing in information that is completely unnecessary. But the other thing that has been a lot of fun is developing soundscapes. Uh, I, I, I put in music and sound effects. Um, and most importantly, the thing I probably should have mentioned first is one of the best things about our podcast is we have an incredible theme song that uh, our our uh, our good friend and uh, and uh, uh, engineer Andy Calabrese uh, made for me very uh, generously, uh, gave me some stingers that I use, um, and that's the first thing. I mean, the first thing you hear is his incredible. Uh, opening, uh, opening, uh, and closing. Well, the last thing you hear is closing, but it's it's really Usually. really good. Yeah, <laughs> it's really really good. And that's famous and carnival. If it, it, it fits any genre, famous so. carnival tangent. Though I saw you were a Def Leppard fan. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I've always liked Def Leppard. It's one of those things where when I was younger, when I, well at certain points, like in the mid eighties, it was it was totally cool to like Def Leppard, and then. After that, it became less cool, but I always still but did you I always still had pyromania. We're about the same age, but I'm mean, a little older. But did you see the pyromania tour? No, was, I, I never. Was, I never got the yeah, thing. I, I said about for that one was I was way too of a dainty lad to go to a different show. If you watch Joe Elliott, he just has this charisma on stage. It's he's incredible. incredible. He, he's 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 really good, and, and it just seems like a really like. Every time I've seen him, he just seems like a super, super nice, really positive guy. That's like one of the ones who loves music and like he became like best friends with Brian May, you know, like just organically. And I still think he's got to still check himself every once in a while. Uh, you know, everybody tries to be generic. They're not hair metal. They, if you listen to Rocket, those are their influences, the glam rock. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And you can yeah. hear like the way they do everything. How there's so much Queen. There's so much like Slade and like T Rex and uh, you know. And for me, okay, Bowie, that's one of mine. I don't care more glam what Bowie. people listen to. You know, say what you like. Whatever it is for you, it is for you. I think like Queen, especially the first, but they were a glam band. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. They, claimed they weren't 100%. like a rock band. Now they were not, you could say yeah. they're a rock band. Yeah, yeah, but they're but their first five albums, especially, they were glam. But also, and also, they were a big production band. Yeah, and they, that's the thing about Def Leppard is also it's like their studio stuff. They, they this oh, incredible the soundscapes and the production and, and Queen, big. not Kiss, is the one who really started the big stages and everything in the show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, as much of I, I, I'm, I've never been a fan of their music, but I've always, always appreciated the theatricality that they brought. Well, kiss, kiss. Yeah, yeah. My, well, I don't appreciate some of that. <laughs> yeah, other ways, but you know well, what? Yeah, I mean, you know I, what the way I say it. One know, of my friends people get really, old, and sometimes they just need. One of my like, friends really likes them, and like he says, you get them. I always say they're entertainers. They're entertaining. When you're going, you're going to see a show. Now, their music yeah. is not total crap, though. And I would argue, no, like no, my I, good friend, the Kratz band, would say, not, yeah. first three albums are really grungy, rocky. Yeah, yeah. That's the stuff, like, if I was going to put on a Get the, a first, case, three yeah, albums, the first three albums, and they just get slicker You're going to see and, a show. That's what you're going to go see. You know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and their personalities. Like, they brought their own personalities. You're not and, going to see just, Dylan, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, Dylan's another one. Dylan's, a, you know, he's more performative than people give him credit. For. He does, you know, but you know, he's, you know he's, he's been putting on a show for the shocker with him. And the last time I saw him at the auditorium theater, he was incredible. And sometimes he is, sometimes he isn't. Yeah. But the thing about him is, if you've never seen him before, 
realize he might not talk at all, which is fine. Yeah, no, some people aren't. Chatty, some, people some people don't people get are. it though. But they, but he might. All he might do sometimes is introduce the band, which he did. But he, he bowed. Yeah, which is fine. It's like you get a good the, show. The one artist I was surprised when I saw who who wasn't talky, and I, it might have just been the form of the show, was Elvis Costello. It's Elvis Costello years ago in Delaware Park, and it was just like song, 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 in a relentless pace. And I had to pee the entire time, and I did not dare leave from the spot I was standing. I wish I didn't see it at Jazz Fest, but he did the thing. He had the wheel. Oh, yeah, yeah, he He was in that thing. He played like four hours. Yeah, yeah, it was a real long show, and uh, and his it was it was his band, The Imposters, and incredible. Well, my friend Greg Townsend with those Nick Lowe, they're playing with them. They're like actually on a bill oh, with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool. But but now we'll get back. The intro be hit us back. to yes. two here. The, uh-huh. the one more thing I'll say about theatrical bands is I'm a huge fan of the band Ghost. Oh yeah, they're they're incredible. Um, so if you haven't. If you haven't checked out Ghost, don't, for, don't, don't be afraid of the Satan stuff. It's kind of winky. You know, all of and, that's uh, like it gets less. Yeah, it's like a lot of that's. It's like it's purposefully. It's purposefully uh, uh, kind of uh, con- confronting early on. But um, anyway, I don't know. I'm like for all whatever it is. It is. It is. It is, I, it yeah. is. <laughs> you know, but. But season two, season two, up. What can yes. We expect? Okay, you even know. <laughs> uh, I do actually. We have actually we have actually recorded the first couple episodes, and actually, in a few hours from now, we're recording episode three and four. Um, so badly, badly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to, oh, yeah, we got to get there. Uh, and your banjo is go faster. <laughs> oh no! And uh, yeah, and he's gonna put some water sounds behind us occasionally. Um, no, but uh, the second season, we are going from uh, medieval fantasy to space fantasy. Will there be space it. dragons? Uh, there could I've been be, good so there far. There could be space dragons. <laughs> if you're a good little boy, they might happen. Um, so what we're doing is we're actually, the, the game we're playing now is set in the far future uh, in, a, uh, in the very, very edges of this massive... Uh, like League of Planets, and uh, our our characters are we're going from the continent of Ayamora to the Ayamora sector, uh, and that's another thing that you'll find is if you are a fan of the stuff we did before, you will see a lot of repeated themes, repeated names, even some repeated characters in different forms. Uh, what what the idea was something I stole from my friend Rick, uh, who is on the show, uh, was the idea of each game kind of existing in a multiverse. You know, which now, it thanks to Marvel yeah. and everything everywhere all at once, we're infinite. We're all familiar with multiverses now, so we know that uh, eventually you will see different it's versions like of the characters. Earth one, two, yeah. three, and there was in a in a universe with aliens, it was really easy to port over like you know some of the interesting species of creatures that we created uh, and just putting them into a, a space setting. And we are not using the rule set of Dungeons and Dragons. We are using the rules of a game called Scum and Villainy. Yes, which uh, I say you have this book yes, with you by Evil Hat Productions and Off Guard Games. Uh, it is a uh, uh, it is a forged in the dark game, um, and what uh, what that is is it's based on the rules of probably one of the most probably the most popular indie role playing game that has been out in a while. Uh, a game called Blades in the Dark, um, and it is more of a of a narrative uh, focused system. It's a lot less like granular, like you're rolling dice for everything. Um, the, the it describes itself, and this is one of my favorite things about 
how it how it's described uh, is it is uh, a uh, a collaborative discussion between the game master and the players in which narrative uncertainty is resolved with dice. Uh, so basically, you know, you are you are all telling a story. You're all kind of having this this narrative conversation, and occasionally you roll dice to determine things that chance has a plan. Um, so the wor- what we did was the there is a uh, a set setting for Scum and Villainy. So what we did is we basically just scrubbed it and in put in place our own things. We took you know we used the format of that, and uh, we've made like our own planets, our own. Uh, uh, our own ent- different antagonists, our own weird space powers. Um, so this takes place. The Iamora sector is in the vast reaches of space, uh, kind of akin to the Outer Rim from Star Wars. Um, and but instead of a uh, overarching evil empire, there's this kind of uh, old uh, and decaying uh, League of Chartered Worlds, we call it, which is basically like a uh, uh, somewhat democratic government that has gotten so big and spread so far that it has very little control over the worlds in these far-off places. Uh, so the Iamora sector is actually run by a council of a bunch of mega corporations. Uh, so <laughs> this corporate council is kind of pulling the strings in this in this sec- in this sector of space. And uh, it uh, wanted to pull in a lot kind of like cyberpunk elements as well. And our heroes of the story are just a plucky crew of spacers uh, who are uh, just trying to, to make it uh, in this in out in space. They are a, a crew of uh, would be smugglers, uh, you know, but they're really not at the Han Solo level yet. They're they're just kind of starting to find their feet. Um, so our cast, <clears throat> we have uh, 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 half our cast is new, half our cast is returning. Uh, we have uh, Scott uh, playing uh, the uh, doctor of the group, who is uh, not your Bones McCoy type of doctor. <laughs> he, he's, uh, well, you know. Uh, I'm you not have, a Bones McCoy You have uh, Rick, <laughs> who's playing this mysterious mystic character. Uh, and then you have our uh, new cast members, but uh, uh, former guests, John and Jillian Christensen, who have been huge supporters of the show and are uh, are both performers. Jillian, I've known forever. She acts, she stage manages. Uh, John is a great uh, game master and gamer and incredibly brilliant human uh, who is uh, my standard man crush, I think, these days. And uh, they are playing, uh, he is playing... Uh, Tristan, who is a mechanic, who uh, is, uh, uh, you know, holds everything together. And Jillian is uh, playing Remy, a, a uh, scoundrel, which is kind of a class of character in and of itself, uh, who uh, has a kind of a, you know, uh, uh, almost like a, almost like an inherent luck aura around, around them at any time. Um, and uh, at some point in the future... Um, hopefully, uh, sooner rather than later, uh, MJ will be uh, coming in as well as a cast member, um, kind of rotating with Rick uh, in a way that, uh, if it works, will be incredible. Um, 
But if if it never lines up, then Rick's just going to be playing this character, which is, you know, which is fine. But uh, it's like anything else. It's still, you know, it's a show, but it's also a game. So we're still going to have the constraints of your average, you know, group of friends role-playing games. But as I I try to emphasize, it's also a show. So, you know, we're using our inside voices outside and being more descriptive. And and to me, more than anyone, I'm one who breaks that rule most often. So. Well, that's, the rules are made. But, yeah. but, you know, and I think it's a format that's endless, too. You can As long as you enjoy it, you can keep going here and there and everywhere on this. Yeah, yeah. And this is the, the, the fun and kind of scary thing about this particular game is that it, there's, like, a lot of it is kind a lot of it can be done on the fly. Um, you have a lot of things that are just kind of very loosely defined, but they get, when you zero in on them, you add more details, and, and it's it's a great system for collaborative world building because it gives the players narrative control as well you know like you know if a a a character comes in that they have some kind of a some kind of relationship with and you're just like okay well tell me about this character that we're meeting i'll 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 portray them but i'll base based on what they tell me and some places like you know Every faction and planet and thing has been created by one of us and kind of massaged by all of us. Uh, so, you know, if I'm dealing with a corporation that, that Jilly made, uh, I will, you know, when we're dealing with it, I'll ask her questions about, like, well, would this, you know, would this be in the yeah. own little universe? Yeah. Like Alan Steele, the one he does hardcore sci-fi, he tries to be as realistic as possible. Yes, as and long, this is uh, yeah. as long as you stick in your own world, what's realistic for your world? It's yeah, fine. and and this is uh the, one one of the big one of the big tenets of the of this game is that uh, this is not hard sci-fi in any way. No, um, <laughs> this is this is a pulp fantasy. Uh, you know, you know, planets might not make logical sense in the term of how planets, how planets normally work. Oh, like Star Trek, where you could land on every planet, they had oxygen. They had oxygen. Well, the same, yeah, it's the same thing. It was just like in Star Wars, you had like you know desert planets with a breathable atmosphere, and you know just like <laughs> things fun. that don't make a lot of you know, sense. They but, fun. Yeah. That's the thing. But you know, my man crushes fantasy, the moment. Fantasy. My man crushes the new Doctor Who guy. I, I saw a figure. I saw him. The wow. <laughs> Are you talking about Shooty? Yeah, Shooty. Oh my God! I saw. I, can't. I just saw. Did you see, and then, and then then you see the 1960s? Sun, Sunday, yeah. yeah. Did you see the 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 1960s get up? Yeah. yeah, I saw that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you won't I, replace yeah. Amelia, but he's, you know. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, I'm it's like trying I, not to get too excited though because well we got to go through. The, yeah. I mean yeah, <laughs> like I'm saying we got to suffer through David Tennant, which we don't obviously not suffer. He's great, but it's just like it's weird. There's gonna be, but it's, it's I don't want to even know like like what's I just want to sit there because like one thing like we could talk about a little because you know it too. Everybody tries to be so negative about everything. They uh, have to like automate. I hate this. It's the nerd sport. One of my now. thing was like with Picard, and I tried to explain. With it's because you know, but yeah. here's the thing. Yeah. It's not really new. It's just we can hear it more. Oh yeah, and I know quicker. it's always been people. There. There's you. You've always had the the nerdy contrarians who don't like anything that's popular. Xenogenesis about me. But it's just yeah. It's just now they have a voice that everyone uh, get, that gets thrown in their I face. I just don't you, like. We're like curate okay. your social media. Yeah. Landscape. Indiana Jones, a new movie. It sucks. Oh well, did you see it? No, it sucks. No, yeah, I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't. Any time it, it's come up, it's just been a really, really horrible. Let me review make my own some, mind out if from, it sucks. From okay. some from some unqualified I critic. Heard. Go back for when Star Wars. The, he's the, really like, old. We know he's really old. 
But go back to the last three Star Wars movies. The theories about what they were about, they were like how many. I saw one thing list all these theories, which were for sure they had secret scripts, all wrong. My favorite was it opens up and you see a hand fly through space. Yeah, that that yeah that was the um that was the uh, it was like Luke's hand with a lightsaber, and that one I feel like might have been a thing because it came up so often. Could have been, but it might have been a thing. The Force and the 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 Sith Inquisitors that stuff. Yeah, but that go to I say like with Picard, people like he's old, bitter. Like you ever read Robin Hood? They stop Robin Hood because if you read the epilogue, what happens in five years? When you're older, you're not the same person as where you were no. then. You have your regrets. Life is weighed on you. I like, but I, I really like Picard. I, I love myself. Picard. I love the ending. Um, I thought if if you were a fan of of the Next Generation, and I certainly was, it was a perfect button. You know, were there some things I wish they hadn't do, done in that show? Obviously, were there some characters I wish they hadn't killed off? We all know who they are, but you know what? It's, it's you know it, it is, is what it is. In and, the end, it's not real either. Yeah, like, you know, it's just like you um, can go see the person who was killed off if you run into. I, I, I'm reading articles popping up in my feed about Quentin Tarantino uh, proclaiming that his characters from once upon a time in Hollywood are like Rick Colton is dead, and it was it was it was came across my feed like it was an actual obituary. I'm like, it's a fictional character that he said is dead who never really existed. I think he was based on Judo Jean LaBelle, but that doesn't mean anything. But it doesn't mean no, anything. No, it's fictional, though. But, but what's just funny, it's amalgamation of like, characters. I feel like he made these statements offhandedly to someone, and then it just became news, entertainment news. Well, he just, he, I mean, he just shoots from the hip. He I wish it was real, because then Sharon Tate probably would still be alive. You know, but unfortunately... I explained to people, like, somebody would say, you know, Hitler, I, you know, too bad Hitler wasn't, like, in the New York yeah. Pastors. But, I, I, <laughs> I, call, I call him, like, history, it's like almost like, like history porn, where it's just yeah. like, yeah, it's like, yes, we know, they didn't, but... Wouldn't it be great to watch saw, the Manson family get, get torched for a flamethrower? Yeah, wasn't that awesome was, or get bit by the <laughs> It was fist-pumpingly hilarious. And, I actually uh, found the I, dog I, food to the face was funny just because. It was cathartic to me. It was like, a, it was like a, I've been hearing this horrible story regurgitated my entire life. And when I was a kid, and, and when I went to see I had no idea. So I'm watching like, it turned on its ear. and I'm at face. the end going, oh, I don't want to see this. No, it was the same way. I was the same way. Then when it started, I was like, oh, he's going to do a Hitler with it. I got so excited. Well, it's like Cliff is like freaking stoned from the PCP joint. Yes. He's like, oh no, it was an LSD joint. And from what I understand, that was uh, factually incorrect. That that wasn't supposed to work that way. I don't know. I don't know. But But, uh, I've been told by other people that. You know, you think it's escapism, though. It's like, I want to do a. I wish you would do Once Upon a Time in Rochester in the 70s. Like, especially like Tahoe's and stuff. Oh my God. No, Rochester in the 70s, you could make. Someone could make a TV series loosely based on the the mob stories in the city, oh. but make it a comedy because these guys were so. These were like the tenth rate. Like, I heard about because you know, for real, there was a guy who used to sell street meat. He literally, this is like he like was he went he like counterfeited. He was like on the there was the A team and the B team. Yeah, and he did stuff I don't want to know about. But he came out. It sounds out like he did his time. The Blue Gardenia, and they paid him the Blue Gardenia, the, the glass forty five motel. All those I think tail of the whale maybe yes no I don't know glass onion I think was one for sure. 
but he told me all these stories about it. And he would always be like, you oh, know, everybody's got but he would be like, it. like in the Bronx, tell me this isn't for you. You know, I was like, no, it's not for me. But it sounds like he was paid off for just being. These are all like prison. people. Yeah. From what I understand, and I'm probably wrong. I could be wrong, but I was understanding that these are all people who couldn't make it in Pittsburgh. Yeah, <laughs> came no, here to even a further was, down the chain city. If, if I could get the name, there's a guy who was a cop in Pittsburgh. He wrote a book. Like if you get a hold of his wife, they will make copies of yeah. about all the old mobs. Oh yeah, you can go. Um, the, there's uh, certain stores uh, and shops in town where you can buy like you know self-published books about the Rochester mob. It's like the one and I want. Just go on, in, online. Because I don't know if you were. Well, I'm also I'm from Victor, and that's where Valenti's brother <laughs> yeah. had the mansion on the hill. <laughs> we were always talking, and but where Exit 45 Motel, where they put a hit on a guy, where they unloaded were... a million bullets <laughs> in the Exit 45, hit guy in the butt. <laughs> I don't know if you were a Rocky Horror geek like I was, even like Monia. No, I, I. But there's a chapter called Once Upon uh, called Midnight the Lost and Found, which by the people who did it at Pittsburgh Plaza. Ugh. That's like one of those lost treasures for me to yeah. find sometime. You could find everything else. But this was like one of those lost books like you hope turns up somewhere or whatever else. I was always – I will admit that I was always very snooty about Rocky Horror because people would be like, oh, do you Rocky Horror? I said, no, I do actual theater. <laughs> I love this. Isn't, awesome. isn't that snarky and awful? Sometimes it's fun. Is there people who wish they could do theater? It's like, yeah, most of these people are theater people, idiot. I'm like, okay, well, fine. It's like what's like the MST3K episode with Samson and the as the vampire where the TV's Frank punch. Take this, you community free theater region punches the Renaissance They all made those jokes about Renaissance festivals. I said laughing if I was love. But one thing I want to tell you. know who makes jokes about Renaissance fair performers? Renaissance fair performers. You make jokes about community theater performers? Community makes jokes about music. I make jokes about yeah. music. But one of the things, too, I want to talk about. The biggest still, name Now, for me, as I say, I try to, I go into everything wanting to like it. Now, I admit, like, some Marvel for me now, I think, I don't know if I've just got old, but it's like sort of just hit level for me where it doesn't, it, like, a lot of. Yeah, no, the, the fatigue, the, this is the fatigue they expected to happen, like, five years ago. And it's happening now. But they're smart. They're. You know, they're course correcting. I think um, they're, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's like the it's Star Wars thing. All of a sudden there was Star Wars uh, every five minutes and now they're, you know, but you can't, these franchise trains will roll. And, you know, I, I don't, I just, I'm not precious about it. I'm a Marvel fan. I, I've liked, I've never disliked a Marvel movie to the extent that. That some of these people, I liked all of them. There are definitely some I like. Some I like more than others. I understand the critiques people have on them, but also I'm also a you know I admit I'm a fanboy for it. So, well, I want to certain things like, that I like. I want to see how they do King Dynasty just because it's one of my favorite comic book stories. Uh, I have a feeling. I think it's Modok. Modok's like my favorite psychotic Mister Potato Head. So, <laughs> Modok was this is the thing. There was never going to be. A way to introduce Modoc that was going to, like, like you couldn't do it. I mean, I think the be- the best version of it is the uh, is the animated series yeah. that they did with Pat Oswalt, <laughs> which also yeah. also does not 
Anywhere near. He turns all the heroes into little Modocs in the lawn. Which it's is a, a silly character. It's, it's like always a silly character. Galactus, the Look eternal. He's a head like, with one of the biggest life. forces in the universe is this big dude who looks like he came from the Knights who say knee with shorts. Yes, <laughs> yes that's right. Galactus does wear shorts. Yeah. He's got a big purple headdress. Yeah, I mean. That's, do, you, do, you, do you hear who the rumors are who they were talking to for Galactus? I have no idea what the validity is. Antonio Banderas. <laughs> and I'm like. Why not? You know, uh, why not? I'm just know, like honestly, Galactus. But, the thing you know, is, Galactus, the character, like, is such a just a like. You, you don't think of a personality when he's just a big giant guy who eats planets. He's a force. He doesn't care. He's yeah. like he's not in his own way. Yeah, he's genocidal, they, but he's not. They've, they've in his really, own way, he's not malicious. They've really tried. Yeah. They've they've tried to get inside the mind of these 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 like. Drug-addled like uh, 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 fever dreams from Jim Starlin and, and Jack oh, Kirby. Oh, some of that are and stuff. And <laughs> you know, don't look too hard. But it's just like no. I mean, he would, he did. He Galactus would try. Galactus, first of all, Galactus has to eat planets. He has to stay alive. He's a balancing force in the universe. Just you just have to get if Galactus dies and the universe is in trouble. However, he needs to eat planets to survive. So he sends out people to find planets that don't have people on them. But sometimes. He gets hungry and he can't find one. He's got to eat the planet with people on it. It's just, you know, you got to get a feel for the guy. (laughs) It's a a tough road to hoe. But actually, the one thing I will say, like, Secret Invasion looks like it's going to be a step above. (laughs) That one I'm going to. Uh, Yes. I think uh, think it will. Now, the comic was, like, up and down, but I don't know. I have a feeling about Secret Invasion. I'm actually looking forward to this. I, I know why. I'm not going to say it. Because uh, it's we a good story. It looks, it looks really intelligent. Yeah, uh, and I think they're going to they're going to be able to uh, bring us the scrolls that we remember from the comics. Not to say when we got the scrolls in Captain Marvel that I didn't think it was awesome that the scrolls were not the villains, because you know I, I I'm getting tired. And I think a lot of people are getting tired in in fantasy stories. Uh, the whole evil race of people, you know, like everyone, every person of this, you know, of this species is they're all bad. I'm like, why? It's a, it's it's really like lame and uh, lazy storytelling, which is why a lot of role playing games are kind of easing back from that as well. And it so goes back like, to the yeah. old, the old, good old. You know, there are good, good there are bad Kree. There yeah, are good but they're good. good humans are bad. bad humans. And and everything in between. It's you know, it's just like yes, it's it's you know, it's four color stories, but you're bringing them into a you know infinite color world. You gotta yeah. you gotta make some changes to make them palatable. Still one of the best. And stop views. making things just for fans, because if you're just making things for fans, they one they will turn on you, and two. You will not. It's like you need to make it accessible. You need no, people to I'm come like in that. and watch it. I get anal about stuff I like, but it's for a general Easter audience. You don't I have mean, to be, Easter eggs are you cool. You can have fun, cool stuff you just get, but it's don't like. Don't jam stuff in there. Like, don't clumsily jam stuff in there for fans to notice and to make everyone else go, why, why did we stop for five minutes to talk about this thing? You know? So the cat in Captain Marvel was just cool. Yeah, and they made it. Yeah, and it's hilarious. And have you seen the trailer for Marvels? Yeah, when when he the the cat eats somebody. I love the cat. The cat steals the show. (laughs) She's just like, "Ah!" that's awesome though. Genuine terrified reaction. Yeah, but that's Um, like actually my dear friend Caitlin. She's doing. uh, 
She's actually traveling for books now. She's doing did a cover for Wonder Woman. She's doing some Wonder Woman and all these other cool things. We were we were not arguing, but we were talking about like food in France. Because I go, I like you cannot you, the chocolate eclairs because she was big on the croissants, and she's like, you can get chocolate eclair here, not like in Paris. But uh, yeah. her best best review We're ever. chocolate in Europe yeah. of any kind, you're not like we. The, yeah, you know, and she's done like you know some. She's done so much cool stuff, but her best best review ever for like any show was for The Mandalorian. Yeah. Like Yoda's so baby Yoda's so fucking cute. <laughs> that was her His name is Grogu. See, there you go. <laughs> His name is yes. I'm going to be that nerdy. So they gave him a name. Now she didn't even say that. To I know. Me. Well, to be fair. When she said that, he didn't have a name. Yeah, this people, is just a while call back. people just call him Baby Yoda. And people still do call him Baby Yoda because he does. He looks like Baby Yoda. But oh, he couldn't yeah. possibly be a Baby Yoda. He was born when Yoda was still alive. But now, what do you think? Okay, now, like, our good friend Mike, and he's got new adventures. He's leaving Madagascar to go to another theater. And hopefully, we'll see him sometime down the line. And Kate I, looks I'm, really I'm looking busy. forward to that theater opening. But I'm, he's. I'm uh, it's going to be. But he's busy. Caitlin's really busy, of course. We'll hopefully see her soon down the That'll line. That'll be nice, yeah. Always, always nice. And I can argue about it when she didn't tell me she, the project that she didn't do. But what do you know? No, okay. she, she was wise to not tell the you Flash. That. She probably should have Any never told you that ever. Flash? Uh... Now, how it's like, you know, it's bad. That, that's like the misfortune of these people that we have to get like these. Again, it's acting. He seems like such a nice, likable guy. <laughs> well... Um, I, yeah, I, this is nothing to do. Yeah. I mean, the movie looks, yeah. the movie, the movie is either going to, it, it looks like it's either going to be, it's either going to be really good or, or. See, yeah. Mike's, Mike's a big but, Affleck guy for Batman. He actually really likes Affleck. I, the multi, multiverse stuff is fun. Uh, I just, I just, you know, I want to start getting multiverse fatigue. And my, my whole thing about the multiverse thing is, is that it was what I feared and was thankfully wrong uh, in uh, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home was I thought they were like just bringing characters over and then just slapping them in our universe but they didn't and that's what I like is like I, I don't want to I don't want them just bringing the X-Men from the Fox movies and just slam them here and with their history and saying that's it because it's it's lazy um I thought Garfield stood out in that, though. That was like yeah, and, and I really liked him. I really liked the first Amazing Spider-Man. The second one was terrible. It was too long. It, it was, was just. It was, it was just. They were. It, it was too long. They were. They were immediately trying to do the too many villains thing. Uh, their version of Electro uh, was awful, and and luckily Jamie Foxx agreed. Jamie Foxx did not like the version he played in No Way Home was the version he wanted to play. But they made him a, a this stereotypical dork who is not even real, you know, who's like, you know, nobody, that, not that, like, that, that person doesn't exist, you know, and, uh, you know. and That's the weird thing for me, though, with Electro. To me, I, and I know he's in a, for me, he was a Daredevil villain because somehow for the comics, yeah. I caught him on Daredevil first. Yeah, he was always a Spider-Man. But I'll villain. never, you know, it's it's sad but funny I mean, in the wasn't, same way. He wasn't like a he was like a like he, he was like a guy who worked on power lines, right? And yeah. He, so he was just you know. He Whenever was you say Sarah, I have to go not, back to the last people time. People work on power lines. The last are not time scumbags. we saw Joel Hodgson, the one scene in that movie, so okay, it's this no retreat, no surrender. There's, the, the kid bounces a basketball, and then there's the oh no moment. <laughs> <laughs> And the whole audience oh, is no. cringe. No, oh. 
good old 80s here, but that was like... It's an 80s trope that thankfully doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. I, you know what? I feel... I, 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 the, the, the thing that I felt watching that character was nothing but empathy for that actor yeah. and the amount of, like... Pride he must have had to swallow to play uh, such a. You have to have seen this movie if you haven't. Go see it. Go buy it. A Hollywood Shuffle. Oh no! Yeah, uh, that's yeah. like. But I haven't know, seen it a long time. I wonder if it still holds up. I'm the, sure it does. I just I actually got a copy yeah. finally. The whole only only one I didn't really like the part was the detective story because it runs a little long. Yeah, that's like, but it's awesome. But did you realize in this? I didn't know this one. Everything had to be one shot because they didn't have any money. No, he so, had he had no money and had no permits. Credit cards. And oh yeah, no, it's yeah, that's yeah. Robert Townsend made that movie uh, for whatever move money he had, and he shot it in Hollywood with no permits. Yep. on the street. One thing you only you get, one take because yeah. you get to do it. But luckily, he had like you know the the Waynes. Family and and all and all these amazing actors who you see Henry David Johnson. Allen Greer and like all these incredible people. He's like it's like all you have to do is just amass a group of incredibly talented improvisers. In other words, you don't get me to do it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Wouldn't no. Be, okay, shoot, huh? Oh, we can't do this. Can't do it. <laughs> you do one take, or apparently, like when you work, if you're working with Morgan Freeman, you can he will only give you one take. Yeah, people I, got like we need another weird. one. Why? <laughs> Anyways, like Ed Wood. Tangent from another podcast. It looks perfect, though. It's perfect. We banged in the door, though. Well, yeah, we'd have that struggle every You'd day. You'd have that struggle every day. It's like, yeah, but the door wouldn't wobble. <laughs> but that's how it goes, so what are you going to do? So, but, uh, yeah, but, how, but I mean, I don't look how, like, for Marvel with the future and everything, you know, I think maybe you hit, like, a bump, and then you just readjust and everything. Because you imagine growing up, like when we were kids, so all this stuff out here yeah. now. I think they're they I think the the roadmap they have, I, I, I you know, I, I feel like it's sound because they're not. There are so many classic things that they're keeping back purposefully because you know you don't want like you know you don't have to bring out like. Uh, uh, nth tier villains for your next Avengers movie, you know, because, yeah, you know, you just, you know, so you're pulling, but they're, they're also, you know, they're also trying to pull from, from good story runs for their ideas. Um, but I also think, you know, Kevin Feige's a really smart guy and I, he, he's, he's, he pisses people off as much as he is applauded, but he's also, He's like he didn't just show up in Hollywood. He'd been behind the scenes with stuff for years. Like he knew what you know what to do, and uh, you know, and I think that they're, you know, I think that they're gonna uh, make some course corrections. I, you know, I, as long as they're not doing these like Rise of Skywalker retcon nonsense, um, which I can't imagine he would do, but. I think the big issue. I think the biggest issue right now with the Kang thing, though, unfortunately, is yeah. Jonathan Major, yeah. and I have no idea. I I I've, I don't know I've read a lot of stuff. I've read a lot of stuff. I I don't I I, I don't want to say. Um, I don't want to say because one, it's it's none of my business. Um, but there's there 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 seems to be a lot of nuance to that situation. Um, but 
I mean, they've also been very public in saying that the reason that they went forward with Kang was because of his performance in Loki. He was in one scene. Yeah. And by that one scene, they were like, this is our villain for the next phase. He was on my list, though. He was like, I mean, and he's going to be all over Loki, too. So so they just, you know. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But That's the beauty of it, um, he, 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 regardless of what he has going on in his personal life, he's an incredible actor with a lot of talent. And if he has harpooned his career with his own personal life, that's unfortunate. But at the same time, when you talk about Flash, um, let's look at how long it took for people to turn on Ezra Miller and how fast they turned on Jonathan Major. Yeah. And the thing he is, lost, too, he lost work immediately after. And I'm about... like, there's a big difference between those two actors. Yeah, and I, 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 yeah look at them. You'll yeah. figure it out. So, I don't know. I mean, the ones in Marvel. Yes, exactly. exactly. But the thing is, too, there's so much hot air but, out there. There's so much stuff. I could go on the internet write the dumbest thing down and there'll be yeah. plenty of, so but you it's, know it's, we, it's less of a public reception thing and more of a like and, will he be yeah. available and, to work or will he yeah, be incarcerated yeah and get through till you really you know find out what's going on or everything too these yeah. days everybody's rash to judge you just make up your well, you hear rumor you're just, it's, yeah it's people people it's yeah. your opinion too like about the you need an, everyone needs an answer right now yeah and trust me, I have ADD. I understand. I'm that. bad too, like that. I mean, I get to the like, ever get to the point like now, even like if I actually am watching regularly as a commercial, you go to your phone. You know, All I know is, yeah, if you see something, if you see a piece of information on the internet, and you are going to do anything or make any kind of decision based on that, check the sources. Yeah, one <laughs> Look, of my friends. See where you're looking. Every like. Like, for example, anytime a celebrity dies and I see it on the internet, I have to go to at least three different places. I saw a bunch of Facebook posts about John Jovi, like, last year. But then yeah, one of my friends is really beefed because for Flash on the WB, they promised Legends of Tomorrow would be in it and they weren't in it. The, that, here's, the thing, here's the other thing, though. To, to get... To have these characters show up, you have to have the actors be there to yeah. play them. People don't realize. People don't that, understand. You can't just get that. Like when this, when their series, you know, when their series was canceled, they didn't sit there and wait for them to be called again to play. You know, uh, you know, Captain Cold or whatever. They're they like ah, they need other work. It's like okay, I've been in a series for seven years. I need to find other and jobs. That's like now. us. Like we're big. Like a, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. For them, it was a job for three years. They had fun. Most of them, by all means, they might not have liked Shatner, but they had a fun time. Well, and it, but it and was yeah, a job. What did Spock do? He went on to Mission Impossible right also, after. Also, it was a completely different time in TV. Yeah. Like, there was not, like, you know, reruns really weren't a thing. You know, franchises weren't a thing. You know, uh, you, you, there being any more Star Trek after that, people just assumed, well, that was Star Trek. It was yeah. a thing we watched and we liked it. But until, like, until... Reruns blew up in the seventies. That's what started all that stuff. Yeah, but exactly. like back then, it was just a job. You know, we, we're missing seasons of Doctor Who because the BBC literally taped over them. Because that's you watched the TV show one time, and yep. it was done. And it was filmed. It was filmed live on videotape. Vampi- that they would tape over uh, Vampire. They don't exist. Dick yeah. Vampire. You could see the opening. You hope somebody maybe was a fan and maybe. Made copies yeah. and it turns up like an. Videotape back in those days, expensive. 
You can't yeah. just you, the, the the BBC couldn't sit on a million and now of these giant clunky you know, half inch shallow they would be tapes. like on video if they had oh, them yeah. now. You know, dig me up vampire and everything. But this is always the time flies by with you. All I know, time. I know, I know. We, you're great for this show for a minute. Well, thank you, you for letting me get oh, my you'll plugs be back. In. And you'll I, be I back. will. I, 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 next time, hopefully, we won't have the drama we had this time of days. And it's not. It's 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 just it's just some parking issues. That's all. We're I'm in the sure. multiverse. We're in the multiverse. Yeah. But can you say again, like, okay, tune in Wednesday. Yes. Uh, so yeah, you can find Architects of Entropy, our first season, uh, anywhere you get podcasts. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll send a link, uh, to the website. Uh, it's, uh, um, and, uh, but honestly just go on any podcatcher, uh, architects of, architects of entropy, uh, uh, no weird spelling. Um, and, uh, and find us and give us, a, give a listen, uh, and, uh, uh, be forgiving of the, of the first few episodes. I was, I was learning how to edit, um, and, uh, uh, you know, and a lot of it is, and it's almost almost all recorded mobily for, for recorded, uh, uh, not mobily, but um, um, you know, Zoom Zoom recordings for for obvious reasons, um, uh, and the fact that I have no money. Oh, and the other thing too is you played quite, a and show. we have a Patreon played, as well. So Patreon Patreon dot com slash a o e podcast. Uh, uh, you know, listen first. Hey, we're a sponsor of Wadsworth Homestead I, uh, concerts I, too. Big shout out to yeah, Jeremy. The more the more people patrons, the more patrons I get, uh, the more stuff I will actually do. Because I, I had all these things I was doing for my patrons who never, who just wanted to give me money Want and didn't need me to can, do anything. Can, like hang out with me for like half an hour. Yeah. Maybe. But I have to ask you. Please you can, listen. you can, uh, you can, you know, uh, you can give me names of, of, of uh, I can th- throw in names into the campaign. I, I, I just, you know, send me, send me. But you played quite a charming fellow in House of Hands. <laughs> that, uh, mask, yes. I, that mask is haunting me to this day. But now we're going to have our good friends some DVC on to promote more than this in June. Yes. Uh, how are yes. you? Uh, and then actually, all the devils is like I'm going to go twice because I have so many friends who want to see it in November. But how is there something in the future for you? Did you get to keep that mask? No, no, I didn't get to keep the mask. <laughs> you play the charm. Well, <laughs> um, from what I understand, uh, I have no idea. Uh, you know, uh, MJ wrote a sequel to that to House of Hands that has been. Has been out, but but uh, they're reworking it, um, and they they definitely want to uh, they definitely want to adapt that in the future. And the character I played, Warren, the big giant creep, uh, <laughs> apparently has had a much larger role in that because it's like takes place in the past of uh, of their character, um, which he's a big part. So I've been uh, uh, crossing my fingers that that day will come. Well, this but, uh, year we have some two good ones to go see. Yeah, go absolutely. Support go support everything else. Support everything else out there. Everything go see DVC. Awesome. They're great. Actually, our good friend Jill Renner, they just did uh, the Seagull at. The, the oh, yeah, yeah, really yeah. good, really yeah. good. Yeah, no, the company is there. All the stuff around here is good. It's all, but, yeah, they're. But, it's a it's an embarrassment of riches we have in this. But state. I've heard about MJ like House of Hands for years. It'd be I'm drinking champagne. Yeah. But so I go, wow, I know. Yeah, it's Patrick. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, it's no, called I, was a, I think it's called. That was a last minute. Uh, I was like a, a, a emergency uh, a fill in. It was um, awesome. But so thanks like, for being on. It's always yeah, no problem. Everything else, but we're gonna have uh, Sunny Sweeney. She's actually a really cool person. I met her at Abilene. Nice. And she kept like insisting to take pictures, like she. Wanted, like I don't usually do selfies. She actually asked, and she's like, 
okay, this is a cover. I go, look, you look better being next to me anyways. <laughs> but her view, she actually filled in for, true story, she filled in for Loretta Lynn when Loretta Lynn was ill. Oh, wow. Loretta called her, and she asked her, she said, you were really good. She's like, I can't do the, I'm not even going to try to yeah, no, draw. Yeah. But she's like, what's the thing about songwriting? Simple. Write what you know. So Sonny goes, well, that's why I write about bad relationships and alcoholism. <laughs> and every song about yeah. that. So we're going to play from her latest album. She's just been back in Abilene. She's coming again. We're going to play the title track, Married Alone. And go check her out if you can. She'll be back again. She actually did a pop-up show like a few weeks ago, but it popped up. I couldn't go to it. But she's coming. Just going <laughs> to Abilene. about site. pop-ups. Sometimes they pop up in the place you're not, you can't be. No, you ever get like I get those Facebook things where it's like the day after something happens. Oh, yeah. So that's the great thing about his podcast, my podcast. That's the thing about me. I, I don't ever do anything. So. No, I don't really do as much. People think I do, but I don't. You do more than I do, which I should do more. But No, nah, mm. you do what makes you happier. Just uh, Yeah. But anyways, this has been fun. Everything For a podcast, you can listen to whatever you want. Yes, absolutely. Do you have any word of wisdom to end or just end? Uh, make your world. Together. Make your world. And if you're going somewhere, make sure the parking lot is nose in the regatta. And then we'll play Sunny Street. See you later. Bye. Hell on the hard line in the dark, trying not to let you hear my tears fall through the phone. This house is where we live, but without you here, honey, it ain't a home. There may be rings on our fingers, but we're married alone. Kiss me goodbye, but we're so full better. Four days and three nights Might as well be forever Don't say you miss me It hurts more than hell Mr. and Mrs. All by ourselves This half-single life Like an old pair of shoes They just don't fit quite Like they used to Lonely's a friend We both know too well But still we're all in On the hand we've been dealt Together apart Married alone Tell on the hard line in the dark Trying not to let you hear Tears fall through the phone This house is where we live But without you here, honey, it ain't a home There may be rings on our fingers But we're married alone
for the next Time to give go One more kiss goodbye Till death do us part Another part of me dies Together apart